What's going on, everybody? It is June 20th, 2022. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube. And I'm in a good mood. I had a great weekend. I hope you did too. I hope you celebrated your father, or if you uh, are a father-to-be, or were a father, or gonna be a father, or any version of a father or something, or you have a father, or whatever. I hope uh, there was some goodness over your weekend. Hope you ate some hot dogs and all that good stuff. I'm feeling refreshed and ready to roll. So today's show is going to be, I, I asked the guys right before, what are we going to do? Uh, what level of show are we going to do today? Michael said an 8-6 out of 10. Uh, Phoenix said, what do you say, an 8-8? Eight, eight? You said an 8-8. Eight, eight. Connor went with a 6-4. Connor went with a 6-4. Not feeling that I'm going to do much today. I'm feeling a 9-2, but I'll let you guys be the judge in about a half hour. What we're going to be talking about today is that the woke thing really is crumbling. It really, really is crumbling. And we don't want to get too overconfident, but we should acknowledge it and we should encourage its crumble. And not only is it crumbling, but that is happening in conjunction with this Biden thing falling apart and Joe Biden himself falling off a bike, as you guys all saw uh, this weekend. And then, of course, we'll talk a little bit about Fauci. He's back for just a second and Rand Paul smacked him down pretty good. Oh, and he has COVID despite his 87 shots. Uh, quick reminder, guys, uh, my first ever stand-up special, Don't Say Dave, is available right now for $9.99. That's all we're charging for at $9.99. You can go to rubenreport.locals.com for a one-time purchase of $9.99, or you can subscribe annually and you get it absolutely free. Okay, let's just dive right in today. So the woke thing that is crumbling uh, is becoming very obvious to everyone, except a certain set, mostly of Hollywood related people who think if they still apologize for things that they've done, whether they really feel guilty about it or not, that they will be given some sort of leash by the woke. And it just doesn't work. So you guys know Rain Wilson, uh, actor Rain Wilson. He tweeted this out over the weekend. And I thought this was an interesting way to start the show today. Rain Wilson, yesterday I tweeted a mean crack about breastfeeding versus chest feeding. After speaking with some trans friends, and educating myself a bit more, I want to apologize for the tweet. It was adding to misinformation and meanness. I'm sorry. Now, I don't even know what the original tweet was. It is irrelevant what the original tweet was. The reason that I thought this was sort of important to start today's show with is that he got ratioed into oblivion with this thing, meaning that no one thinks that whatever his original tweet was, was intentionally offensive, chest feeding, breastfeeding, only women can breastfeed all of these things that we all know, right? Like nobody was offended by it, but then he talked to his trans friends, which is just, you know, that's not true. And then they do all these things, but the pushback on this, like the pushback on these fake apologies, I think is important. It's just not necessary anymore. Placating to these hysterical losers and these activists and keyboard warriors and, and bots, it is not working anymore. So he got ratioed. That's what we call it. If you're in the online world, when you tweet something that is really stupid or deeply untrue, and then the internet's like, no fool, you don't have to apologize for that. Or this isn't going to get you the, they're not going to grant you the, the niceties that you're going for with this. But there was another one. You guys know author James Patterson. He is one of the biggest nonfiction thriller writers, probably in the last 50 years in America. He had one, look at this, his apology. I apologize for saying white male writers have trouble finding work is a form of racism. 
I absolutely do not believe that racism is practiced against white writers. Please know that I strongly support a diversity of voices being heard in literature, in Hollywood, everywhere. So of course this is not true. He said it because he believed it. Then this activist mob goes after him and then he, and then he says, I absolutely don't, don't believe the thing that I just said. And of course there's discrimination against white people in, across industries. Once you say we are going to elevate a certain group of people, meaning we're gonna elevate black people or gay people or trans people or whatever it might be, you have to discriminate against another set of people, right? Harvard is the best example of this. Harvard said, we want more black students. So once you say we want more black students, you can't just endlessly allow people to enter the school. You don't just open up the roles and say, okay, we want a thousand more black students. Let's let a thousand more students in. You have to say, okay, we now have to uh, be prejudiced, actually be prejudiced and discriminate against a certain set of people. So in Harvard's mind, they said, okay, who can we be prejudiced against? We'll be prejudiced against those Asian kids. So they made it harder for Asian kids to get in and easier for black kids to get in. This is what equity does. It just moves the prejudice. So these fake apologies that Rain Wilson, Dwight Schrute from The Office is somehow transphobic and that he has to issue this idiotic apology. He talked to his trans friends and realized the chest feeding, whatever, okay. And that uh, James Patterson, uh, that he said the obvious truth, which is, I can tell you this, anyone knows this in Hollywood, with whatever remaining ties I still have to, to old Hollywood through agents or whatever, it's of course they would much rather a black trans disabled uh, talk show host than a straight white guy. Everyone knows that. Why is Trevor Noah the, still the host of The Daily Show? It's because he's black. I, I, it's not because anyone's watching the show or thinks he's good. Nobody thinks he's funny. Nobody thinks he's interesting. The show went from being hugely culturally rele uh, relevant to nothing, but they're afraid to fire him because they don't want to be called racist. That's how the game is played. That's just the truth. Sorry, Media Matters. I know you're gonna come after me for that one. It's just the truth. But the point of all this, why am I starting the show with a tweet from Rain Wilson, you know, an, an irrelevant actor and James Patterson, a, 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 an author. It's not that they are so important. It's that the pushback against the fake apologies, the pushback against cancel culture is working. And that is good. And it's also leaking now into our politics. This is the key part. Uh, I mentioned last week, there was this incredible win in Texas uh, by this uh, Maya Flores, this really fantastic win that she got and, and uh, Elon Musk supported her. And now we know that Latinos are leaving the Democrat party in droves. They are leaving, 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 and even CNN is talking about it. There are differences in what's going on with the Latino vote. If you look at Texas, Florida, and Arizona, these right. are three districts that are a little bit, let's call them emblematic of what we're talking about. Florida 27, this is the Miami-Dade area. It went from being Clinton by 19 in 2016 to Biden by just three in 2020. Texas 15, that is on the Mexico border. Uh, Clinton 16 to Biden plus two. Arizona, this is the Tucson area. So Arizona is a place that some Democrats say, Think that helped Biden win yeah. that state. Absolutely. It went from Clinton 29 to Biden 27. So not a huge shift, but still in Texas and in Florida, there are big erosions happening, big erosions yeah, happening. In the you see how she didn't want to say the last part. She kind of paused. She was kind of choking on her words. It's happening, but still it's happening. Everyone gets why this is happening. There's many reasons why it's happening. First off, 
uh, generally speaking, Latino communities, whether they are Mexican or Honduran or wherever they might be, from they lean in their in their cultural norms, they lean a little more conservative. The Democrats have done a great job. They've particularly done this uh, with the black community, you know, my feelings on the word community, that they've confused people into thinking that big government means good things, that if we give you things, that is good. But the ethics, the cultural values of these communities tend to be a little more conservative. Then you take what's going on in Texas with these open borders and people that are just pouring through our borders. Well, if you were a new immigrant, to America, a legal immigrant, and you did it fairly, right? Or it was your father or mother or grandparents that did it fairly, and you lived in one of these border communities, and you're working hard and doing the American dream, doing what you probably are doing right now or what your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents did before you, and you're working hard to get more so that your kids will have more and all of that stuff. And then you see in your border town somewhere in Texas, you see all of these people just pouring in and the government's gonna give them money and the government's gonna give them phones and other benefits and all of those things, you might be annoyed. And then you might be able to connect that to the policies of uh, the Biden administration. And then you might even be able to remember back to that orange man who was talking about building a wall. And it wasn't a racist wall, it was a wall that just said, hey, we've got a border and a border, if you wanna actualize it, it would be a physical thing known as a wall. And we can all talk about whether a wall makes the most sense or electronic surveillance or some part of a wall and some part of electronic surveillance or moats or alligators or whatever it might be. But the point is when you take the immigration stuff, that is huge. You take some of the cultural norms, boys or girls and all of that stuff, that doesn't really fly with these people. And then you take the ridiculous language of the woke, the latinx, L-A, T-I-N-X, the Latinx, a word that no Latino person has ever said. It is wildly offensive. Most of the words in Spanish are gendered, right? That's how it works, that's how it works. And they have completely pushed all this nonsense on these people. It's all coming from elite white liberals. That's how it comes from the woke. And they're pushing it on these people. It's even related to something going on here. As I've been telling you guys, we're doing construction in my house. The, a lot of the workers, that I've had in my house happen to be from Honduras. And I talk to them, my Spanish is pretty decent. We go back and forth. Like the idea that they would love that this, the, the main guy running the show here, uh, that he would want his daughter to be a boy or boy to be a daughter or any of these, it's just so ridiculous. They're here to work hard and build a better life for themselves, much like everybody else that's sane. Uh, but on the televised mental institution of NBC, uh, they are also acknowledging that there's a big problem uh, for the Democrats when it comes to minorities because the Democrats have basically owned minorities. And what happens when minorities start figuring out what's what? What do you have to do? You gotta scare the hell out of them. You know what African-Americans, particularly African-American men who are showing the lowest motivation to turn out in this midterm, you think things are, are tough for you right now? Where do you think you're gonna stand in a, in a, in a country, in America, where, there, where there's no democracy, where they have absolutely no interest or at all in, in respecting, your, respecting, your, respecting your rights? We've gotta get, let these people understand that they've got skin in this game and, they've got, and they got, we gotta scare the hell out of them because quite, quite frankly, Nicole, they should be afraid that we're gonna lose our democracy. It's a fantasy land. It's genuinely a fantasy land. There are people that watch MSNBC and it's, a, it's not that many people anymore, right? It's not that many people anymore. But there's a set of people that are influential in the political world that watch that, that respond to that. 
And you're watching that thinking that, what are you saying? The Republicans are coming for your rights. The Republicans are coming for black people and all of those things. As you guys know, we've talked about it a million times. Uh, black and Latino unemployment was at an all-time low uh, when Donald Trump was president, when the Congressional Black Caucus sat there. When he said it, remember he said it at the State of the Union, black and Latino unemployment at an all-time low. We don't like you, orange man. We hate you more than we like black and Latino people. Uh, but this is all leaking into everything right now because as we watch the woke thing crumble and as we watch uh, Latino, black, gay, minority of choice people fleeing the Democrat party, this is directly connected to the guy who fell off the bike this weekend and his uh, disapproval numbers are going way up. Uh, let's just watch him falling off the bike again. <laughs> Okay, so first off, I'll do the not funny part. Like there's a million jokes we can throw in there. Now let's just do the joke part first and then I'll be fine. All right, let's just show the Trump version one more time. <laughs> okay, all right, so we can do all the funny versions of this. But I really want you to think about how close we got to today being very different than yesterday. Uh, that's a roughly eight, how old is he, 79, 78, something like, I think he's 79. Right, that's a 79-year-old man falling off a bike. When a 79-year-old man falls off a bike, usually that's the last time they get on a bike, uh, if they're lucky, because you could very easily break a hip, break something else. This is a guy who's had a series, uh, I think he's had a couple brain aneurysms, like we all know about the general state of his mental health and all that. You know, physically, in terms of his body, he actually, for a 79-year-old, looks like he's in decent enough shape. Uh, but the point is that if he falls one inch one way or one inch the other way, uh, that's the broken hip, right? And we know what happens when old people break their hip. I'm not being glib or funny about it or whatever. I would like not like to break my hip. As a matter of fact, I'm doing two times a week now, I'm going to physical therapy because I got something going on with my shoulder. So this is not to mock anyone's physical abilities. But the point is that the guy is 79 years old and had he fallen slightly differently, do you know what would be happening right now? Do you know? Do you want to sit with it for just a minute? It's, I'm freaking people out right now. You guys are freaking out, I can tell. Basically, Kamala Harris would be in charge, okay? If that doesn't freak you out, if that isn't the scariest freaking thing you've ever heard, then I don't know what is, okay? Uh, so we need to talk about these things, right? Uh, he is not well, and we are that close. We, are, we were one, you know, if there was a little pebble that he would have fallen a little bit differently one way or another, broken hip, he's in the hospital, and there we go. Uh, but uh, the machine, the machine still likes him. Now remember, the machine, when Donald Trump uh, drank water with two hands, remember they said he couldn't hold a glass of water. Donald Trump one day in the rain, he walked down a ramp slowly and they said he, he was gonna fall and he can't balance. Uh, there's a series of reasons that we impeached him and they said things were wrong with him and all of those things. But here was the headline in the Atlantic yesterday after Biden fell. The heroism of Biden's bike fall. The president gracefully illustrated an important lesson for all Americans. When we fall, we must get back up. Uh, we had a whole bunch of headlines that uh, were the complete reverse when Trump walked down the ramp slowly. And I was like, ah, we don't even have to show him because everyone gets it that these same organizations that they run cover when it's Democrats, they run complete offense when 
it's Republicans. But the point is they can't hide this much longer. They can't hide his ineptitude. They can't hide the bad ratings. They can't hide the fact that he can't read the teleprompter and that when he uh, does go off teleprompter that it's a muddled mess. They can't hide it much longer. Uh, here on NBC is Politico's Betsy Woodruff Swan talking about this problem that they have related to hiding this guy. The staff seems overly protective of him. Yeah, there's no question. And that's part of the reason he's out front so little. He's done such a tiny number of recent interviews. And now, of course, in this AP interview, the message that he's sending that people are highlighting is that he's recognizing that there's a lot of pain and suffering in this country. Giving people a little Jimmy Carter flashback, you know, a word he never actually said. But Malays, uh, his infamous Malays speech. And that's something that senior White House staff are acutely aware of. Once the mainstream media starts relating this thing to Jimmy Carter and the Malays, then it's like, oh, we would rather have anybody. And Jimmy Carter very famously gave a speech around 1980 or so about this malaise, this depression that everyone knew they were in and gas prices were sky high and everything else. And then you know who came in? this Ronald Reagan guy, and we had a pretty damn good eight years in America. But it's not just the immediate problems that they have, right? Like the gas stuff and the inflation stuff, which is really crazy, and we're not even gonna get that far into it. And it's not just Biden falling off his bike and whatever's going on with him cognitively and everything else. It's that some of the other stuff that they've done to us for the last two years is really coming to the light, and their hypocrisy and nonsense is really being exposed in real time. So I don't know if you saw this one, uh, but on Friday, Anthony Fauci, remember him? We haven't talked about him in a while. Uh, he announced that he's got the COVID. CNN, breaking news. Dr. Anthony Fauci has tested positive for COVID-19 and has mild symptoms. He is fully vaccinated and received two booster shots. Huh. <laughs> fully vaccinated? I thought if you get vaccinated for something, you don't get the thing. That's the way it used to be. And then they kind of changed the definition in the middle and they said, no, 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 no. This vaccine doesn't work that way. This vaccine, if you get vaccinated, means you won't get as strong a version of the thing that you're gonna get. A vaccine has never been known to do that before. By the way, there is literally no, and I would welcome anyone to fact check me on this. Uh, I had a long discussion with this with Jordan Peterson about two weeks ago. There is no evidence. There are no clinical trials to prove that if you get vaccinated, you will have lesser version of COVID. It just simply does not exist, but everyone says it and everyone repeats it, repeats it, repeats it, and repeats it. Uh, you may remember Anthony Fauci when it came to vaccines. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not gonna get infected. Hopefully, the more people that get vaccinated and boosted and the more people that realize the importance of when you have a high level of viral dynamics, that when you're in an indoor setting, you should wear a mask, even though the whole world, including the United States and the UK, are just worn out and tired by this outbreak. It isn't over yet. People need to realize it is never gonna go back to zero. That's not the nature of this virus. So just to be clear, Anthony Fauci lied or spread misinformation when he told you that if you got the vaccine, you wouldn't get it. And then we added that second clip in just to show that no matter what, they want you in masks forever. They want to scare a certain amount of people. But of course, it's not just Anthony Fauci that was lying about the vaccines. Uh, remember the elderly man pretending to be president who just fell off his bike? Here he was back in June. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. 
you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. And yet, Anthony Fauci of the CDC, of the NIH, wherever the hell he works at this point, does he even work at the NIH? He works at the NIH, right? Not the CDC. No one even matters. It doesn't even matter. He is an old buffoon who should be rotting in a prison cell. Uh, and if Rand Paul has his uh, way, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen to Anthony Fauci because uh, here he was Friday on the very day that they announced that Fauci had COVID. Here's uh, Rand Paul just grilling the hell out of him on vaccine misinformation. Dr. Fauci, the government recommends uh, everybody take a booster over age five. Are you aware of any studies that show reduction in hospitalization or death for children who take a booster? Right now, there's not enough data that has been accumulated, Senator Paul, to indicate that that's the case. There are no studies on children showing a reduction in hospitalization or death with taking a booster. If I give you 10, or if I give a patient 10 mRNA vaccines and they make protein each time or they make antibody each time, is that proof that we should give 10 boosters, Dr. Fauci? Uh, no, that, I think that is somewhat of an absurd exaggeration. Senator well, that Paul. is the proof that you use. Your committees use that. That's the only proof you have to tell children to take a booster is that they make antibodies. So it's not right. an there absurdity. Are, You're already no. at like five boosters for people. You've had, you know, two or three boosters. It's like, where is the proof? Now, I think there is yeah. probably some indication for older folks that have some risk factors. For younger folks, there's not. Rand Paul is really fantastic. You know, we can bash on politi politicians all the time. And, you know, there's a short list of politicians I like, but he really is great. And he's got the chops when he's in those conversations, right? He actually is a doctor. What's incredible about that. Now, first off, it came out that Fauci had COVID a little bit after that, but you can hear it in Fauci that he's obviously not feeling well. But we really need to think about this. The CDC is now recommending boosters basically for five-year-olds. There is no evidence that it works. And Fauci's admitting it, and they're still pushing it. Do you realize how insane that is two and a half years after two weeks to flatten the curve, how completely insane it is? And Rand Paul continued to, to bash him on these lies and this misinformation when it comes to vaccine kids. And if you look at the data from Israel, the boosts, both the third shot boost and the fourth shot boost, was associated with a clear-cut clinical effect mostly in elderly people, but also as they gathered more data, even in people in the 40s and the 50s. So there is clinical data. But, but not in children. Well, well see, again, here's the thing is, you're not willing to be honest with the American people. So for example, 75% of kids have had the disease. Why is the CDC not including this in the data? You can ask the question, you can do laboratory tests to find out who's had it and who hasn't had the disease. What is the incidence of hospitalization and death for children who've been infected with COVID, subsequently going to the hospital or dying? What, what, is, what is the possibility if your kid has had COVID, which is 75% of the country's had COVID, what is the chance that my child's going to the hospital or dying? If you look at the number of deaths in pediatrics, Senator, you can see that there are more deaths of people who have had it, of people who have had the disease. Uh, Senator, we also know from other studies that the optimal degree of protection when you get infection is to get vaccinated after infection. And but you can't follow. answer the question I asked. The question I ask is how many kids are dying 
and how many kids are going to the hospital who've already had COVID? The answer may be zero, but you're not even giving us the data because you have so much wanted to protect everybody from all the data because we're not smart enough to look at the data. When you release data earlier, when the CDC released the data, they left out the category of 18 to 49 on whether or not there was a health benefit for, for adults 18 to 49. Why was it left out? When critics finally complained, it was finally included because there was no health benefit from taking a booster between the 18 to 49 and the CDC study. You know, it's interesting. The government has all sorts of hearings all the time, and it's usually just like pure nonsense and theatrics and nothing comes of any of it. But I thought this was important to show you because Rand Paul is he's prosecuting him right there, right? He's prosecuting him and eventually he'll be persecuting him because what he is saying, what Fauci is saying is, oh, there is a study in another country, in this case in Israel, that third and fourth booster shots for adults does something. And he gives you this sort of amorphous, it kind of does something for 40 and 50 year olds. And, and Rand says, well, wait a minute. So this has nothing to do with kids. You have no numbers related to kids. And because of this study in another country from 40 to, on 40 to 50 year olds, you now want to inject our kids even further. And Fauci's got nothing. He's got nothing. He is a criminal and a fraud. That's what Anthony Fauci is. And if you don't think this stuff is dangerous still, why is this stuff still dangerous? Okay, so let's say COVID's over or they're gonna bring it back before the election or you've just made whatever your personal decision is related to COVID. Crazy Dave Rubin, unvaccinated over here, out and about on a daily basis, interacting with human beings, real nutbag. Here's a little info from the New York Times about what's going on right now. Why did approving COVID-19 vaccines for the youngest children take so long? A change in how vaccines were evaluated would have allowed us to possibly make a different decision about allowing a vaccine to move forward earlier, said a scientist, a scientist. Now, what is he referring to? Well, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klein chimed in with this, and now you'll get it. The U.S. is about to become the first country on earth to give mRNA vaccines to its youngest children, the first. I have a feeling that Ronald Klein, Klein, whatever his name is, will end up in jail or something. Why would you be injecting your children with this thing that as Rand Paul just pointed out, no studies have been done on, no evidence to suggest it will stop these kids getting COVID. There's no studies on the efficacy of it. There's no evidence that children need it or aren't recovering from COVID. We have no idea really what injecting an mRNA of relatively new technology into young children uh, is going to do. There are studies that show it increases myocarditis in young boys, uh, which Rand Paul made a point to say to Anthony Fauci, why would you do this? I have to tell you, I saw this over the weekend. And as you guys know, you know, we're about to have two kids. And the idea that the government would be pushing these things even now, there is no way, I wanna be very clear about this, Anthony Fauci, there is no way over my dead body that I am injecting my kids with your experimental medication, you know, or vaccine, whatever you wanna call it. You know, every commercial on television is about something. You have depression for this, or you have spastic bladder or hysterical pregnancy or rest, restless leg syndrome. And what are all the commercials? All the commercials are, take this pill and it's gonna maybe solve that, but not for everybody. And then what, is, what does the commercial do in the last 75% of the commercial? Oh, you're gonna have diarrhea and vomiting and potential suicide and crazy thoughts and blah, 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 blah. And it's gonna destroy your liver and everything else. If you take too much Advil, that is bad for you. 
every single medication that is in your bathroom right now, right, has some sort of side effects. But for this thing, they want to push it on everybody, including your children. I mean, they're literally going after children. They're telling your children that boys are girls and girls are boys. They want to inject them with shit. And we're all just sitting here and taking it. But not all of us, because not you're not and I'm not. And that's pretty good. That is pretty, pretty good. But where does this all lead now to the shift of the show where we talk about what the, what the good part of this is, the silver lining on this thing? The Democrats are crumbling and the Republicans are actually doing some, some good work and, it's, and it's, uh, it's bursting forth. Take a look at this from RNC Research. Uh, red states uh, right now, 21 of the top 26 states with the lowest unemployment rates are led by Republican governors. Now, this should not shock anyone at all because generally speaking in red states, you have lower taxes. When you have lower taxes, you have more chance for businesses to flourish because people have a little bit more in their pocket, thus they spend a little bit more money, thus businesses hire more people. This also has a little something to do with because they all, basically every uh, red state reopened sooner, did not go as far with lockdowns as the blue states, et cetera, et cetera. So this is good. Now the proof is in the pudding. All of the crap of the last two years is showing that there, if you get out of the way of people's lives, they can make decisions for themselves. We got more from RNC research. Uh, 12 of the top 15 states for jobs recovered from the pandemic are led by Republican governors. Okay, once again, this is pretty good. And it's freaking obvious. I am sitting in a room with three people that left a blue state uh, and left jobs all, I think you guys were all paying taxes, right? Everyone paid taxes in this room? Not happily, but okay. Everyone, so there's four of us in here total. Uh, and I have more employees than this, but I'm sitting here, four people in this room right now that were functioning, tax-paying, hard-working, decent citizens of California who fled that dystopian shithole to move to the free state of Florida. And uh, things are pretty good here. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Okay, I gotta put money in the jar because I mentioned California. Uh, so it is obvious people are taking their skills, they're taking their families, they're taking their finances, and they're moving to places where people work. And of course, what red states also did was keep the schools open. So everybody that opposed having the kids in school, they were wrong. And we can never let something like that happen in this country again. That was Ron DeSantis a couple days ago. That was at uh, Chelsea Piers in New York City. And of course, the uh, crazy leftist whack jobs were protesting him because of the, uh, the don't say gay thing, which, uh, as you know, is complete nonsense. Um, so, okay, so what do we got here? If you get out of people's way, if you don't take all their tax money, if you don't lock them down, if you don't forcibly inject them, if you don't do all this shit, then people can kind of figure out things on their own. Uh, well, you may remember from my interview with uh, DeSantis only two, three weeks ago now, uh, he got it right and deserves some credit for it. And the fact is, Fauci was wrong about a lot of this stuff, okay? We were the first big state to guarantee every parent the ability to send their kid to school in person, way back in 2020, right? Fauci opposed us 
having kids in school. He opposed what we were doing. When we had businesses open and protecting people's jobs and we're having these events, he opposed us every step of the way. And so that wasn't based on data because the schooling was obvious that you needed to have the kids in school. It was based more on ideology. Okay, so you guys get it. The guy's doing it right here in Florida. But now let's shift to the, that change that I mentioned earlier. Uh, so Maya Flores won this seat in Texas. It had been Democrat controlled for about 80 years. She's the first Mexican congresswoman uh, in Texas in this district. This is, this is a huge change. This is, this is a serious note. Like this is a bellwether moment for the shift that is happening right now. And uh, Ron DeSantis chimed in on that. Don't let anyone tell you that the only people affected by illegal immigration are the border towns. Uh, that's just not true. Although if you see what's happening now down in the border towns, you know, you just had the first Republican elected in southern South Texas in 100 years in that congressional district. And she ran, she ran, you know, she's Mexican-American, and she ran on you know, God, country, and strong borders, and really was focusing on, on the border. So you have all those communities now that have just been overrun by the failure to maintain the border, and now they're really fighting back in terms of they're doing stuff to try to mitigate it there. But politically now they're saying they've had enough of this. And no one would have said, if we were here five years ago and you said that, that, that she could have won, everyone would have said there's no way you could ever do it. Well, now you're seeing it. So you get it, they're gonna keep trying to scare the hell out of you. It doesn't mean that things are great, right? Everyone's looking at their bank accounts, everyone's looking at their 401ks, everyone's looking at the stock market and all the gas prices and all that. I can't just sit here and tell you everything is freaking fantastic because it is not. But the markers for how we will win, the markers for how we will turn this thing around, they're all there. They're all there, whether it is Rand Paul calling out the bullshit of Fauci and more and more people realizing that that is what it is, where more and more people are going, no, 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 you're not gonna inject my five-year-old. Whether it is Maya Flores winning this seat in Texas, right? Uh, all of these things are the markers. And if we just keep not just glossing over them, but really sitting with them and going, man, there are things that are happening here. Enough people watching Biden fall off the bike and going, oh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe President Kamala Harris, maybe that's a little scarier than I thought it was. Uh, well, then, uh, we can all continue this mass awakening, not awokening, uh, that I think is happening all over the country. Uh, you're gonna wanna stick around for the cold clothes we got for you today. Do we have a couple comments from the uh, Locals community? Oh, it's me Monday over at Locals. I, I put this one up myself. I thought this was pretty appropriate. It's a takeoff of a famous meme that goes around. It's Biden just doing it to himself and on the floor, poor Joe, poor Joe, very sad. All right, we got a couple of comments from the locals community. And I said to my guys right before we started, for those of you that are watching on Rumble right now, obviously, uh, you know, YouTube is what it is. Uh, Rumble does Rumble rants. We're gonna read some comments off Rumble starting tomorrow as well, in addition to the locals uh, comments. Uh, Tal says, do these people really believe these apologies work? All it does is empower the mob to come after them even harder, like blood in the water to a school of sharks. Yes, you are absolutely right. The apology never works. What it shows people is that you will live on your knees forever and no one even believes it, right? That's why, you know, the, the Rain Wilson apology was like, I talked to my friends and I realized, my trans friends, and I realized chest feeding, breastfeeding, it's like blah, it's just, it's just verbal diarrhea. It's just meaningless drivel, nothing. And you're apologizing to people who 
would never grant you any goodness in life. They just want you to apologize forever and never say what you really think. That's what this is really about. But the, the James Patterson one is worse because James Patterson clearly said what he thought what to be true, that of course there is, this is what all wokeism leads to. This is what equity leads to, as I said earlier. If you're gonna promote one group based on the color of skin or on an immutable characteristic, you have to be prejudiced against another group. So if at a publishing company, the idea is we are here to promote black writers. Well, then that means, that it doesn't mean that there's more jobs to be had, more books to be printed. You are gonna have to discriminate. So he's told the truth. I will tell you a very specific example of exactly what he's talking about. In our, in our old house in LA, in my studio there, uh, the guy who had done the lighting for me, and he had done it for several of my studios, the old one in my garage and a bunch more, and he'd, I'd worked with him for years on a bunch of different things. He was an Emmy award-winning lighting guy in Hollywood. He happens to be about 65 and white, and he's straight as well. At least he's married to a chick, he's straight. Um, he was told uh, about halfway through COVID that he should retire that he should just go ahead and retire. He was told that by studio executives because they were like, you know, basically, they basically said your time is over. Meaning you're 65, you're white, you're straight. Like we got to give these lighting jobs to, to younger, black, trans, whatever people. It is true. We all know it's true. It is obvious and it's true. And of course, what it will also do is it will degrade the work over time. If you just hire people based on the color of their skin and not whether they're the best lighting people or the best engineers or the best plumbers or whatever it might be, the best pilots or doctors, you're going to have worse products over time. And that's why in some way, to me, it's like, let them keep building uh, you know, shitty products because they will just destroy themselves. And much like I do with this company and much like hopefully you do with whatever company you work for or work in or own. It's like hire people based on skill. Hire people because they're good people and work hard. You don't care if they're black or white or trans or gay or anything else. If, that, if they happen to be any of those things, then zippity dippity and move on with life and we will build better products and a better, a better society. It's really that simple. Talway says the Atlantic needs to be thrown into its namesake. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, it's just pure trash. All of these places that they think we have no memory. And that's why sometimes I show a lot of old clips of things because I think one of the key things is as we're slammed with information and as we scroll on our phones endlessly, uh, you know, with this bottomless scroll, this never ending thing that never stops, it's almost all designed to make us crazy and never remember anything. Right, so the Atlantic, it's like when they write, oh, Biden fell off a bike, it's so wonderful. We can, it's a reminder that we should all get up when we fall off our bike. It's like, you know they wouldn't have done that on Trump. And as I said, we could have showed you 20 headlines of when they went after Trump for two-handed water drinks and whatever else it might be. And it's like, that's why I show you old clips because we can't forget what they've done. And that's what they want you to forget through endless scroll and endless outrage and endless Fear, right? The fear of MSNBC. They're coming for your rights, black people. Paradise says, I have to admit, I chuckled at the video clip of Joey Boy falling over, but then I was reminded that we are one broken hip away from President Kamala, to which I abruptly stopped and said, walk it off, man. Yeah, that was it. That was it. When I saw the clip, that the first thing that lit up in my head, it's like, I, I don't like Biden, obviously. I think he is a liar. I think he is mentally compromised. I think his administration is horrible. I think he has surrounded himself with inept buffoons. I think Obama's running the show. I think they've ushered in wokeness and socialism and all of the stuff. But man, he would still be better than Kamala. And that tells you this really whacked out place that we are gonna be in for another two and a half years. Can you believe we have two and a half more years of it? That's what David said to me over the weekend when, we, when I showed him the video and he's like, oh my God, Kamala could be president. 
And then he's like, how much longer do we have? We're only a year and a half into this tragedy, this travesty, this embarrassment. Woo! If you pray, now is the time. Uh, guys, reminder, uh, you can watch my stand-up special. You can buy it one time for $9.99. Don't say Dave. It's up at Locals. Go to rubenreport.locals.com. I promise you will laugh for 40 minutes. The people are digging it. It's fun and funny and silly, and uh, I know you'll enjoy it. That's all I've got to say about that. Uh, finally, uh, oh, my full interview with Senator Mike Lee from Utah is up right now across platforms. And uh, speaking of Kamala Harris, here's today's cold close. See you tomorrow. And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. We will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on, and I know we will work on this together. This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.